Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business and the Knowledge Economy. Folks, we're still coming to you live from 2016 Ignite, the IPBC's annual conference in beautiful Richmond, Vancouver in lovely Canada. And now I'm honored to be here with uh, David Debray and Marge Wigren Debray. They were part of the first year Black Swan programs. They're the owners and founders of P51. We'll talk to them about what that is because uh, they've got a unique situation. They both uh, they both run the business and they both focus on different things. So, David and Marge, welcome to the Soul of Enterprise. Thank you. Hey, the thank the you honor is ours. Truly. Ah, ah, this is great to have you guys here. So, uh, why don't you give us a little bit of your background, Marge? Tell us how you got here. How did how did I, how did I get here? How did yes. we get here? Why? <laughs> How you got here, then I'll ask Dave. <laughs> All right. Um, primarily for me, it was starting out as an employee, and then you reach a point in an employee in a position where you've fulfilled the tasks and the needs, and it's a small business, and it's, okay, now what do I do for you? Right. And uh, the bookkeeping actually fell into my lap because of an interest I had initially. And then learning from accountants through different jobs, because in many situations for me, it was a matter of the owner going... I have nothing else for you. I, I don't know what else to give you. Right? And then from there, it uh, basically led to, I think we can both safely say that we were always the type of employees that worked for a company as if we did own the company yep. and, and reached a point where it's like, okay, you know what? With this much time and this much effort, why aren't we doing it for ourselves? Absolutely. And so you founded P51 when? Uh, it 1994 was 1974. Huh? 74? No, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was 94, right? Yes. Anyways, uh, so uh, you know, it was founded basically out of uh, uh, a change that took place where I was in a partnership and was that underappreciated person, and uh, decided that I wanted to do it on my own. And Marge and another person facilitated that. That's how the P51 computing strategies name came about and uh yeah it was just uh filling a need at that point point. and david your background is in technology absolutely 100 percent. yeah i'm i'm a geek uh have <laughs> always been a geek and uh, proud of it and, and proud of it and uh i've always disassembled things from the time i was yay high and not always put them back together again so now i just simply take that affinity for technical stuff and have turned it into a passion and something that I can do to actually help others too at the same time. Awesome. And is it safe to say that P51 is because somebody here has an aviation interest? Yeah. Do you, you, love, this, you yeah. love this story. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the P51 is the World War II fighter aircraft, the P51 Mustang. And uh, originally, the company name came because the P-51 Mustangs were the little airplanes that flew around the bombers, and mm. they were called the troubleshooters. And because I was a computer troubleshooting agency, that's how the name came about. Gotcha. Love it. Um, Marge, I know that when we interviewed uh, Diane yesterday, the founder of IPBC, she gives you a lot of credit for inspira inspiring her. In fact, I think she named you as her hero. When we oh my her. gosh, uh, that's crazy. And I just would love to know the backstory of, of your involvement with this uh, great organization's founding. Well, I think part of the beauty of, of conferences 
even if you're not all that outgoing, is the people that you meet and the relationships you gradually create. I met Diane through a conference, through, through a SAGE conference. And uh, when you just find like-minded people and, you know, someone like Diane, who is as forward-thinking as she is, gets this idea. I mean, I totally bought into the idea. I thought it was fabulous. I just didn't feel like I had enough of the things that she needed to make it happen but I said you keep me posted like whatever it is you need I'm I'm there if I can help you and uh, yeah that was seven and a half eight years no what are we at I don't even know how old we are now it's it's and it's just um it's it's very much if it's her baby it's like my niece right right it must feel really good to to keep coming to these conferences every year and see them get bigger and just see what this organization has done it, it's very heartwarming yeah i can imagine uh and i know you play a big role too in ipbc you're the national educational or education consultant uh explain your duties there well it's growing and evolving i um i was on the board and stepped down to do it a, a big part of well probably one of my biggest passions is education and in order to grow an association like this that's a huge part of what the membership would need. So, so what do they need, and how do they need it? And um, my position it's, is contract, and it's early in its stages. But for something like this conference, uh, one of my responsibilities was the group of guest speakers. So, going back and looking at the survey we did last year, where were the pain points, and and that's part of what I worked from to try and bring the membership and the attendees what I was hoping they were looking for this year. Right. And from here, we were looking at ways to build the membership, ways to improve the certification, trying to figure out how to affiliate with colleges and <coughs> groups that are doing their own training to how do we affiliate with them to improve the membership. And it's exciting. It's, it's what jazzes me. So, and, and you obviously develop a lot of content and curriculum for the organization and, and do a lot of teaching. Uh, how, do, how do you see education in the professions changing? Do you see what I see, that, that live, live CPE is declining where it's more, it's moving, migrating online? For sure, for sure. I think um, because of the nature of the work we do, I, I do think a part of what the people are about is, is still wanting to work with their hands, even though the, you know, the capacity itself is coming from our minds. But... Abs- absolutely. I mean, it, it's showing even in the actual hands-on classes we have, you know, in my areas, there's more and more online and more and more online preference and, and certainly to outlying areas. It's, it's and in your opinion, is there any decrease in effectiveness with the online learning or can it be more effective as some studies say it is than, than physical presence? I still think there's an element of that, Ron, to the learners. Mm-hmm. I, I do still think there's the type of learner that uh, does prefer to be in a classroom with somebody leading them at the front of the group. And I think part of that kind of environment lends itself better sometimes to you ask a question I didn't even think of yet because my brain was so busy mm-hmm. absorbing. I didn't get there yet. And boy, am I ever grateful you asked it. It doesn't mean that doesn't happen in an online grouping. But I do think the dynamics of the group itself is different right no i agree i, I agree I, I used to be very skeptical about online thinking oh it's not as good as live and you know we also learn from each other right not just the teacher somebody might ask a question that you go, wow that's absolutely but but i have to say because now that i do a lot of online and a lot more than i've ever done 
they can be very effective. Yes. If yes, they're followed sure. up with certain things and, you know, other other means of communication, but they, they can be they can be a, a, a substitute, I guess, for life. And I never would have thought I said I would say that. See? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, David, I'm going to pull you in here and talk mm-hmm. to you about your background, technology. So what are some of the things that you do it, within P51 on a daily basis? How do you service your customers? Well, I'm a systems integrator, and essentially what I do is uh, our company is... Um, an all-inclusive sort of thing. So what we don't want is for something to happen internally with an organization and to point fingers and say, well, no, that's a problem with the network or the, you know, and then the network guy saying, oh, well, you know, there's a problem with the program and that sort of thing. So uh, my side is the technical side. So I set up the networks and the security and all of the operating systems and that sort of thing. And you make sure they're, they stay running, and when they go down, you're the troubleshooter. You're yes, the P51 yes. out there. And, and to follow up on what you two were talking about, uh, you know, Google is everybody's best friend. So, you know, some people say that, well, the technical side of it, you can go to YouTube or Google and find the answer to anything and learn from there. And yet I'm finding that uh, quite often I end up quite happy because somebody has tried to do something that I thought was easy and it's turned out badly for them. So they call you, <laughs> you in to fix it. It's even a bigger problem. Yeah, so, so a formal webinar, I think, is way more valuable than just a, a person hacking and slashing their way through the, the great amount of data that's out there on how to do technical stuff or what have you. Right. We, I know we were chatting a little bit last uh, the other night at the cocktail party, and we are talking just about all the changes you must have seen in the tech technology space in the last 20, 30 years. I mean, it's just amazing. Every guest we've interviewed here, we've asked them the number one issue facing the, the bookkeeping profession, and it's keeping up with technology. Mm-hmm. How, how do you keep up with all this? Uh, well, it, for me, it is absolutely a passion. Uh, I'm a uh, input junkie. Uh, I am constantly on my tablet reading and, and reviewing things and, and that sort of thing. So um, that's basically it. I just uh, stay immersed in what I do and, you know, to the detriment sometimes of other things. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it is a passion for me. But it, but it shows, too, in our client requests. We're seeing one of the big trends to me, Ron, is what we see on Dave's side of the company with the requests we're getting because it's like they're having trouble with their website provider. Well, can't you just talk to them? They're having problems uh, with yes. you know their internet. Well, can't you just, just talk, talk to, to them? them? And it's not even necessarily originally a part of what David would do, mm-hmm. and yet... Mm-hmm. It's a pain point, and they want something. They just want him. They want the IT guy to fix it. <laughs> well, and I become that liaison at that point. So they tell me what they want, and then I go and talk to the vendor, and and you know, and, and then I will help translate what the vendor is saying back to the client. And, and that's right, a big that shift, a huge shift yeah. lately. It's it's really an increasing portion of our business. That's excellent. That's excellent. And and Marge, what do you see as the challenges in the bookkeeping profession? Because you've got an interesting perch from not only being active practitioner, but also being involved in the education, I think, gives you a, a different perspective, maybe. Um, yes, and, and being around for as longer than I care to admit at this stage. I think there's a few things. I think technology is certainly one of them. Um, I, I, I think there's an ongoing issue for work-life balance. Mm. Um, I do have a mentoring program, and one of the things I find the most with them is just that 
that whole, because we coach them all the time on the right customer, the right customer, the right customer, and it's like, okay, they're walking and talking, why can't I take them on? (laughs) (laughs) Because they're new and they're afraid and they're all those things, so just trying to build their confidence because it's not that they don't have the skills it's it's just getting to that point where i think it's a belief in self right. and i i think you can carry even when you do have a successful business there's still a doubt there can always be a doubt there do you see the confidence level of the bookkeeping profession has has increased over the years yes now i would say that yeah if you'd asked me a few years ago i wasn't sure we were but I would say over the last couple of years, if conference is any example. Well, and, and, not, and not just, con- I mean, certainly I've seen it just anecdotally at these conferences, but even outside of the conferences on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn yes. groups that I'm involved in that are just nothing but bookkeepers, the confidence, I mean, uh, some of the responses, I'm like, yeah, I'm sitting there pumping my fist going, that's exactly <laughs> what I would have said, that's great. <laughs> and, and, and part of it is client selection and not, you know, not just taking everybody. And so I'm, I'm, I'm heartened to hear you say that because I see it too. Yes, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's one of those for me, one of those for, right from the get-go, one of the things we were working towards and, and to fee- see it finally happening, you know, on not just, you know, a local basis or a regional basis, but here we sit nationally and right. it's great. I, I know you guys probably are asked this a lot from people, but if I was a bookkeeper who wasn't a member of IPBC, what would you tell me about why I should join? Because one of my beliefs is that there's nothing like a community of like-minded people that believe in the same things and want the same things and have a lot of the same things we all need to learn, we need to, to help us grow. It, <clears throat> for me, it's, it's very akin to being part of the, the SAGE community that I've been to. I, uh, the people alone that I've met over the years that are now incredible friends. You. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you're nodding your head. Do you agree with that? What, what, what else would you say? Well, absolutely. The power in the numbers, really. Uh, you know, the community, as it grows, uh, it then comes back to what you were saying about elevating it to a profession. Uh, so bookkeeping isn't a job anymore. It's now a profession, and, and, and it's something where people can be very, very proud and, and, and being proud also of being a part of the association. So you know, that, that to me is, is, I think, a real thing about being a part of a big organization like that. Beautiful. Well, this, guys, this has been fantastic. And, and uh, you know, I, I want to thank you again for being part of the first year Black Swan program. Oh, that was an honor. And the support from the IPBC of that program over the years has just been wonderful. And um, I, I'm just th- so honored to be able to say, even in a little way, I've contributed to some of that professionalization of the bookkeeping profession because it was a sector I didn't work in. And, and now I'm so, <laughs> so glad I, I have been exposed to it. Um, so, Marge, I'll ask you, who is your hero and why? Can I only have one? <laughs> no, you can have, you can have several. Um, my mother would certainly be yeah. one of them. Um, how you raise seven children wow. in a rural Saskatchewan farm and uh, be 83 and Wow. Still just the firecracker she wow. is, I think, is That's astounding. Impressive. impressive. And um, globally, I would have to say the Dalai Lama. Uh-huh. There's something about the peace 
that he carries that I just because our lives are so frantic right. and I just think he's amazing right Dave how about you uh, for me it would probably be some of the technology leaders uh, you know I, I find it fascinating that there's people that are forward thinking and looking outside the box for solutions to problems that the people don't even know exist yet and uh, so the type of people that have those types of brains are the ones I look up to so it, it kind of changes because as something a yeah, it's something I, I know new. technology obsolete so fast, but a yeah. few examples. Well, you know, for me, when I was teaching my classes, I would always say, well, Microsoft and Bill Gates was an amazing thing. He yeah. sold something that didn't even exist yet to IBM. Yeah. So who, what kind of person can walk into the IBM office and say, hey, I got a solution here for this situation. And he told the story and IBM bought it and then he went back and said okay well I guess we've got to do this we now. we got to do this. Don't know how but <laughs> yeah. we'll figure it so, out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that kind of a, a person that has that thought process and that ability is the type of person I so look maybe up guys to. like Peter Thiel and Elon Musk or something mm -hmm. they have these yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair find, enough. Find, have a problem find a solution. Yeah. Excellent. Well, well, David, Marge, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. If people want to contact you or P51, how can they do so? Uh, through email for me would be marge at p51computing.ca. So that's M-A-R-G-E. Okay. Uh, Twitter is at p51java. Ah, okay. Yep. And Dave, how about you? Uh, and I'm pretty much the same as Marge, uh, except I'm Dave. Dave. Uh, Dave at p51computing.ca. .ca, and then I am at P51Dave on Twitter. And you guys on Facebook as well? And <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's mostly how I track my nephews and nieces. Ah, okay. okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, well, David, Marge, thank you so much for appearing on The Soul of Enterprise. Really appreciate it. Thank, thank you for thank having you. us. Thank it's you been very an much. honor.